You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome into Fantasy Forecast here on 98.7 ESPN, heading into this week's slate of games, and uh, and I know how important it is for a number of people. I'm actually coming to you live from Las Vegas. I, I'm not in New York this week. I was out here in L.A. for uh, for the Rams game, and uh, on that Thursday night, of course, Baker Mayfield, um, who knew, right? Like, not even uh, three days to get ready to prepare uh, for his matchup against the uh, the the um, Las Vegas Raiders. Got to get used to saying that. And, um, uh, and, and pulls out a win. It was really unbelievable. 17-16, I was there. I was at SoFi Stadium. It was so fun, the electricity, the excitement. The entire stadium was just all... In black because uh, there were so many uh, Raiders fans there. It was not even a Rams home game. Again, uh, Baker Mayfield getting cut by the Carolina Panthers, picked up by the Rams, only had three days to prepare for the game, and engineers a 98-yard comeback uh, to uh, to beat the Raiders. Just really, really unbelievable. So that's how uh, that's how <laughs> that's how this week started for us week 14 of uh, of the NFL season and again I know a number of people out there including myself I'm in 12 leagues yes in many of them I've already made the playoffs which is nice uh, but in quite a few of them I need I need a win this week to make sure that I'm going to advance and make it into the postseason so and we've got some really I, I said this last week and I like it this week I think we've got some really good games on the slate you know obviously with the, the Jets and, and the Giants in the driver's seat for them to actually get to the playoffs and going up against two of the best teams in the NFL which many people feel more than likely will, will represent uh, their conference in the Super Bowl in Arizona this year and of course we're talking about the Jets in Buffalo going up against the Buffalo Bills, the Giants at home taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, so those are going to be two excellent games uh, to watch this week and, and a number of other ones, right? Tampa Bay going up against the 49ers. That's going to be a good one. Miami and the Chargers late on Sunday night. That's going to be a good one as well. So, again, Anita Marks coming to you. Uh, this is Fantasy Forecast Week 14, uh, but I know it sounds a little different because I'm coming to you from Las Vegas. Uh, I'll be back in New York on Monday and, uh, and, and, and hopefully a more normal week for us here on 98.7 ESPN. But nonetheless, as always, I like to start off the show with news and notes uh, with uh, you know what's going on in and around our wide, wide world of, of the NFL and what you need to be in the know about. Uh, so let's start with the quarterbacks. As always, as we know, no Lamar Jackson and no Jimmy Garoppolo. Purdy will be getting the start for the 49ers. I don't recommend you pick him up and start him. Uh, you know, as, as great as Kyle Shanahan is and, and the fact that he gets to play in, in Kyle Shanahan's system is fantastic. Um, but this is going to be a lot more difficult of a game going up against the Tampa Bay Bucks in that defense. So, um, but you do have, I, I guess, more importantly, Lamar Jackson being out. I have Lamar Jackson in a few of my leagues. Unfortunately, with him being out, Huntley does come in to play, and I don't think he's going to be that bad of a start. I really don't. Um, you know, this is this is a, a Baltimore Ravens team that. Uh, has Huntley as the backup because he could come in and run this system uh, very similar uh, to, to how Lamar Jackson does. And, and I know the Pittsburgh Steelers, typically their defense is good. Every time these two teams play each other, they really go at it. Listen, beggars can't be choosers right now. If you lost Lamar and you didn't have a backup quarterback uh, sitting on, on your, uh, your bench to play, Huntley could be serviceable. Now, I'm not expecting a lot of points to be put up in this game. I'm really not. 
But here's a few things about Huntley that I came across this week. Uh, number one is that um, he, he has a, a quicker release than Lamar, so he has less pressure than Lamar. He gets the ball out quicker. On top of that, the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, again, history, we know how good that defense is. They're 27th in pressure rate in the NFL. So, I, again, I think Huntley is, is going to be serviceable. He can run the ball as well. He averages seven yards per carry. Uh, when he's going up against teams that put in a light box. And that's typically what uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers do as well. So, um, so uh, again, if, if, if talking about quarterbacks who potentially could be on your waiver wire, I would take Huntley over Purdy. Deshaun Watson is an interesting situation. Going up against the Cincinnati Bengals this week, man, I don't know if there's enough WD-40 in the world to uh, wash away the rust that we saw in week one only less than 60% completion percentage, average six yards per pass attempt. And I want to say went three for nine for only 37 yards under pressure, and he will be under pressure uh, against Cincinnati, that's for sure. So, listen, I'm not sitting here telling you to, to not play Deshaun Watson. Just have realistic expectations. We're talking about a dude that has not played football uh, prior to last week for seven, for 700 days, two years, 700 days. So, um, so Deshaun Watson, just, just tread lightly. Make sure you do that. Um, as we know, Mike White getting the start again for the Jets going up against the Bills. Not that I would warrant a start for him in fantasy either. So those, that's the, those are the, the quarterbacks that you need to be in the know about. Uh, in regard to, uh, to running backs, uh, really hoping that Joe Mixon um, is, it does, uh, does clear concussion protocol and, and is active. Everything that I'm hearing is that that is the case today because he's got a great matchup against Cleveland. Cleveland, one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL. And Mixon's been on the bench for two weeks, so he's got fresh legs, and I think he could do some good things. Uh, Devontae Foreman, uh, dealing with a foot issue, I do believe he's going to go. Um, DeAndre Swift, finally healthy. That one-two punch in the backfield for the Detroit Lions with Swift and Jamal Williams. Swift played 51% of the snaps last week, so that's, that, that is a legit timeshare in the backfield for the Lions. Um, how about James Cook played 53%. Of, uh, of the carries last week for the Buffalo Bills. Could this be the changing of the guard right now with Singletary to Cook? Cook could be a sneaky good flex play this week against the Jets. Um, Walker expected to be out. Game time decision, especially at this late time in, in, in the week. I'm not expecting Walker to play. So Travis Homer could be a sneaky good flex play for you as well. Um, Leonard Fournette dealing with a foot. Uh, even if Leonard Fournette is active today, Rashad White, to me, is the play uh, because I think, you know, I'll use the phrase again, changing of the guard. I think we're seeing White really take over that backfield for, uh, for, for the Tampa Bay Bucks. But keep in mind, going up against the San Francisco 49ers, it's, it's not a great matchup. So what are your realistic expectations for Rashad White? Uh, no, no more than a flex play. And if there's better options out there, then by all means, utilize them. Harris in the backfield for the Patriots is dealing with an oblique injury. So this could be uh, another uh, big game um, for, uh, for Stevenson. So keep that in mind. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., I, I did. I'm sure a number of you out there picked him up and stashed him on your waiver wire. Uh, there was some hope and in, in, in optimism uh, based on... Uh, what a few of the reports were, were saying that, uh, that he would sign on with the team and potentially 
be playing by now. But every everything I'm hearing, that's not the case. In fact, the Dallas Cowboys doctors uh, took a look at uh, did. Of course, he visited with the Dallas Cowboys. He met with their their medical staff, and and apparently reports were were not good. It's not like Odell's going to be able to contribute to anybody this season. So, if you play in a keeper league, okay, hold on to him. But this season, I think he's dead weight on on your roster. And unfortunately, this week, I dropped him as well. Uh, wide receivers um, that uh, that have been active this year uh, that I do not anticipate playing today, Cortland Sutton for the Denver Broncos out with a hammy. So Cherry Judy and Titan Dolchich should have, uh, should have a lot more targets and could be sneaky good plays today. How about this? Uh, Drake London, wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, 12 targets last week. Now, keep in mind, Marcus Mariota is being benched. Ritter is going to play. Does that change things? You know, some quarterbacks, they fancy certain wide receivers. We'll see what happens there. Um, Trayvon Burks is uh, dealing with a concussion, so he's going to be out. What does that mean? Woods, uptick in uh, in targets. Uh, no more than a flex play. Let's be honest. Uh, he's been a huge disappointment this season. Uh, Nico Col- Collins expected out for the Texans, so Chris Moore uh, and uh, Philip Dorsett should uh, should be your number one and number two wide receivers for the Texans, who I do believe are going to be playing from behind today, so keep that in mind. Uh, Waddle dealing with a leg injury, but I do believe that he will play Sunday night against the Chargers. Mike Williams looks like all st- systems go. Thumbs up for Mike Williams on Sunday night against the Miami Dolphins, but burn me once, shame on you, burn me twice, shame on me, really concerns about him re-injuring that ankle and not finishing out the game. So there could be some better options out there for you, but if there's not, then I totally understand you playing Mike Williams. As I said before, Jerry Judy, to me, is probably the best wide receiver pickup if he's available uh, in in free agency, let alone playing him a lot on DFS this week and and also uh, teeing him up on your active roster if you do have him on your bench. Darren Waller came off of IR, um, but as we know, did not play uh, this past week against the Rams, but is expected to play against the Patriots in week 15. So keep that in mind. He might be available on somebody's waiver wire that you can pick up. So if he is, uh, I would uh, I would definitely look into that. Hurst tied in for Cincinnati is dealing with a calf, so he's going to be doubtful. What does that mean? More targets for, of course, the wide receiving core for uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um I mentioned Dolchitz as well with Cortland Sutton out. Dolchitz, uh, 72% of, of the time that, uh, that Russell Wilson has dropbacks, Dolchitz is going out for passing routes, which is huge. And, uh, and Cole Komet, by the way, could be a sneaky, great play in fantasy uh, moving forward. Of course, uh, the Chicago Bears are on a bye. Here's another thing, uh, and I, I, I didn't lead with this, right? We've got one, two, three, four, five. We've got six teams on a bye in week, thir- in week 14. It's kind of – I'm not used to that, right? Like, usually, of course, we're used to, like, two, four teams on a bye, but, like, this many teams on a bye at this stage in the game in fantasy football kind of throws a wrinkle into things. Atlanta, Chicago, Green Bay, Indy, New Orleans, and Washington – all of those teams on a buy, so keep that in mind. Um, okay, different different show today again because uh, because I'm I'm in Las Vegas. We've got Mike Clay, who I feel is the best in the business, who's going to be joining us next. Uh, well, I'll, I'll do a deep dive with him in, in regard to some of the players that I just talked about. His thoughts. I also want to ask him my my fantasy football. Uh, 
strategy each and every year is wait for a quarterback, wait for a quarterback. I typically don't like to draft a quarterback until the later rounds, like at least not before round seven. And so I aim for like seven, eight or nine. And that's when I draft my quarterback. But uh, this year in, in, in looking at, at all my leagues, the ones that I'm doing exceptionally well in where I'm not even worrying about today, whether or not I'm going to make it to the postseason or not, are, are, are leagues that I have Josh Allen. <laughs> are the leagues that I have, um, you know, quarterbacks that, that I was able, Patrick Mahomes, quarterbacks that I drafted in the first, um, the second or third rounds. Um, and, and those, so I, I'm, I'm going to ask Mike Clay, like, you know, is, is, you know, is there a changing of the guard for us in regard to our philosophy and our mentality in regard to how we draft moving forward? So stay tuned. Mike Clay is going to join us. Cynthia Freeland is always, um, Anita Marks with you. So still a lot more coming your way on week 14 of the NFL season. This is Fantasy Forecast. We'll be right back. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to Fantasy Forecast here on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you, coming to you live from Las Vegas. And we've got a special guest joining us now, and that is Mike Clay. Uh, you can see him all over ESPN, um, you know, podcasts, uh, digital. Uh, of course, uh, they've got a, a great show that airs every Sunday morning, getting you ready as well for your fantasy football matchup. So, Mike, welcome into 98.7 ESPN. Let's first start with the quarterbacks and what's going on. Of course, as we know, uh, Lamar Jackson is out for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is out uh, for uh, for the, the 49ers. So Purdy is going to be starting for the 49ers. Huntley is going to be starting for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, how are you sizing this up? Yeah, well, I mean, I think to your point, you could look to Huntley. You know, at this point, a lot of those top 12, 15 quarterbacks are probably on rosters, and I have Huntley ranked 14th this week. So uh, he could be an option. He's out there in about three-quarters of ESPN leagues. And, look, last year he filled in for Lamar for five, in five games. It wasn't great, right? He had that one big game against the Packers. Uh, that was his only finish better than 15th. But, you know, look, last week he stepped in against a really good Broncos defense at 10 carries at over 40 yards, threw for a buck 87, and, uh, and did look better. And remember, this is not a great Steelers defense. You know, they, they're top five in passing yards and actually passing touchdowns allowed to quarterbacks this season. So we know he's going to have value with his legs, much like Lamar does. And this week in this matchup, he might do some things through the air as well. Uh, if you're in a tough spot, I think he's actually a pretty good option. Uh, I'm excited to see what, what potentially could happen in that matchup for sure. Uh, some other quarterbacks, obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo no longer um, going to play for the 49ers. I know Adam Schefter came out this week and said there's still a possibility that he'll come back in the postseason, but obviously that doesn't help anybody in fantasy. Um, so, uh, so you know, what what's your take on Purdy? Yeah, well, I guess my take is that uh, he was the last pick of the draft, and he's a rookie, so no NFL starts. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of hype about he, how he looks good and, and all that, and that's great. You know, it'd be an awesome story if he comes in and he's, uh, you know, uh, a, a, an NFL star. But it, remember, it's it's a very much a long shot. Uh, most of the quarterbacks that work out in this league are first-round picks. There's some exceptions to that, but it's pretty rare for guys that are undrafted or day three picks to turn into uh, stars in the NFL. That being said, Kyle Shanahan has done a lot of damage with guys like Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard, and I'm not sure we really know how good Jimmy Garoppolo is, to be to be quite frank, you know, because <laughs> uh, he's had, uh, obviously, a lot of his success with uh, Kyle Shanahan, who's awesome. So we'll see if, uh, you know, Shanahan can get the most out of Purdy for now. He just needs to not, to not make mistakes, and most importantly, get the ball in the hands of these skill guys, because they have such a great group with McCaffrey and 
Ayuk and Debo when he's healthy and George Kittle. Just get them the ball and let them do the damage. Don't mess it up. Uh, that's going to be the game plan. But certainly from a fantasy standpoint, uh, we're not looking to pick up Brock Purdy right now unless you're in a very, very deep dynasty league. Some other NFL uh, quarterback news. Uh, Marcus Mariota, unfortunately, getting benched for, uh, for Ritter. He's going to be starting in Atlanta. I want to get your thoughts on Deshaun Watson. Talk about some rust that we saw last week. Um, you know, only 54% completion percentage. Uh, did not look good. Only six yards per pass uh, attempt. And, and I want to say under pressure, he was three for nine for 37 yards. Look, when a dude hasn't played for 700 days... I guess, yep. you know, should, you know, did, did we have higher expectations heading in? Maybe a few of us did. Is, is this the week you start Deshaun Watson, or are you, you still need to see more before you do? Yeah, he's in my top ten. I think uh, there were a few reasons he came out slow. I mean, you mentioned it was his first start in, since 2020. Uh, obviously, that's, uh, you know, notable. But also, he only attempted 22 passes. Uh, it was the Texans, you know, and the Texans have not allowed much volume or fantasy production to quarterbacks this season. I believe it's actually the third fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. Why? Because they can't stop the run. Teams just run the ball against them, and that was the the case for Cleveland. Again, only 22 pass attempts, so he wasn't going to put up big passing numbers. I know he didn't play well, but uh, you know you don't always have to play well to be good in fantasy. We know that. And you know this week they're playing the Bengals. That is a, a pretty good defense. They don't allow much to quarterbacks, but he's going to have to throw it a lot more. The game script should be different here. Instead of 22 passes, he might have 44 passes and still you know, scramble seven times. So uh, I wouldn't panic just yet if you were holding out hope for Watson. I still think he's at least a back-end QB1. Again, uh, Mike Clay joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's look at some of the running backs and some running back news in notes. Walker running back for Seattle uh, is going to be a quote-unquote game-time decision that does not bode well when we hear that on Friday. So what, what do you do if you have Walker? What do you think the Seattle Seahawks backfield is going to look like, Mike? Yeah, so, I mean, you're, you're out, out west, right? You might have to head up to Seattle and, and take some carries this week because they're struggling. <laughs> right now. Uh, you know, it, everyone went down in that last game. You know, on top of losing Rashad Penny earlier this season, Walker, like you said, dealing with the ankle. D.J. Dallas dealing with an ankle. Homer missed some time during last week's game, but he's going to be clear, uh, clear to play in this one. And Tony Jones actually left uh, last week's game as well. So they all, you know, all five guys I just mentioned uh, had injury issues. Uh, but again, I think the name to know right now is Travis Homer uh, from the U. You know, he's been a situational back throughout his career, but he's been really effective. You know, uh, again, it's a small sample, but he's averaging almost six yards per carry, and his receiving efficiency is very good. Uh, it's a pretty good matchup. The Panthers almost five yards per carry to running back to the season. And check this out. Travis Homer right now, available in 95% of ESPN leagues. Again, he may start and see 15-plus touches. If you're in a tough spot, go out and scoop him up. You, you might have a flex option on your hands. Well, you know what I say to that. Hashtag run, don't walk. Uh, Leonard Fournette uh, now dealing with a foot issue. Um, you know, Rashad White, we, we have started to see – um, the, the changing of the guard there. If you have Leonard Fournette, you, do you need to tread lightly? Oh, yeah. You, you, you absolutely do uh, for a variety of reasons. Even if he plays in this game, first of all, to your point, it's going to be a two-man backfield with Rashad White, who has outplayed him as of late. And also the matchup here is brutal. The 49ers, by far, the best team in the NFL against running backs. The fewest fantasy points allowed. They've only allowed two even solid games, like two running backs have reached 14 fantasy points against them this season. 
Anita, they were so impressed by one of them that they traded for the guy. It was Christian McCaffrey. Uh, they, they've allowed the lowest yards per carry. They've allowed the lowest yards per target to running back. Just It's rushing, it's passing, no matter what it is. They own that position. I would be trying to avoid Fournette and Rashad White if I possibly could this week. All right, let's let's take a look at some of the uh, the, the wide receivers. We're hearing that Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton is going to be out because of a hamstring issue. Um, is is Jerry Judy a must play this week, Mike? He he absolutely is. And you might look at what happened last week. Uh, he returned from injury, only had four targets in that game. He did have like sixty-one yards, so he came, kind of came through for you. But keep this in mind. They ran 52 offensive snaps. He played 19. Okay, he was clearly limited at coming back from that injury. Before that, he was very good. Seven or more targets in four straight games, over 16 fantasy points in his last two full games. So uh, he was trending up and on his way to a bit of a breakout season before the wheel or before the injury uh, happened there. Also, the Broncos. I know they're they've been really poor offensively. They can't score touchdowns, but. Uh, they're going to have to throw the ball a lot in this game. The Chiefs have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to receivers, the second most touchdowns to receivers this season. Maybe Judy finds his way into the end zone in this one. The matchup certainly is going to call for a lot of volume and, and potentially even some garbage time for Denver. So with no Sutton there and also no K.J. Hamler, it should be a lot of Jerry Judy in this one. Talk about garbage time. I'm expecting that for the Houston Texans. Nico Collins has been ruled out. Is there a wide receiver in the Texans wide receiving core that you're looking to start this week? That might be a fun segment that I see how many people can name uh, one one Texans receiver yep, that's healthy right can't, now. I uh, can't. I can't. Try. I can't. So it'll be <laughs> maybe in 16-team leagues or DFS, you're looking at Chris Moore or Philip Dorsett. Uh, they'll be the top two guys. Their number three right now, believe it or not, is actually Amari Rogers, who you may recall was on the Packers a few weeks ago. Uh, they waived him, and he landed with Houston. He may be their number three this week. Otherwise, it's going to be – you know, guys like Jalen Camp off the practice squad, they're in rough shape right now. Uh, and you're going to see a lot of tight end, a lot of multiple tight end sets in this game. So, uh, no, I would not be starting Texans wide receivers if I can possibly avoid it. And last but not least, tight ends. Who, who are you looking at this week that you think could be a really sneaky good play for folks? Oh, man. Uh, let's see. Tight ends. I mean, keep an eye on Daniel Bellinger. He's back from injury, and uh, he's been pretty busy. He has a nice connection there with Daniel Jones. Uh, you know that 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 might be it. I, I mean, it's, it's tight end is is it's, brutal. I know I mean, it's it's tight. slim pickings, right? It is. It really is. I'll, I'll throw I'll throw you one sleeper, uh, Chico Conquo for Tennessee. Uh, him and Austin Hooper are going to be really busy for the Titans. Uh, no Traylon Burks and Oconquo looked pretty good last week. Uh, you know he's kind of building up uh, some some steam and some fantasy appeal because he had to go out on Twitter today and tell people how to correctly pronounce pronounce his name. So uh, you can tell his name's getting thrown around a lot uh, these days as a, as a sleeper. But a good matchup against Jacksonville. He's going to be busy in that one. Uh, rookie, kind of ascending right now. More of a name you want to know in Dynasty, uh, but nonetheless a sleeper this week. Okay, so last thing before I let you go. You know, I, I, I make my way up, up to Bristol each and every week for the Fantasy Football Marathon. And you and I, uh, we have countless conversations in regards to draft strategy. And you and I are typically more more than not on the same page in regard to just wait for a quarterback. Like wait until round seven, eight, possibly nine to get your quarterback. And, and, I, and, and I typically follow that formula. However, I have to tell you in the 12 leagues that I'm in this year, the ones that 
I have eight, nine wins already, and there's, there's not even an afterthought in regard to am I going to make it to the playoffs or not, are the ones that I drafted um, Josh Allen early. So a part of me now is like, you know, should I, should I throw that narrative? Should I throw that out the window? And, and oh, by the way, the quarterbacks that I waited to, to draft for, Murray from Arizona, um, Hurt, actually Hurts more, I got him more like in, in rounds like five and six, uh-huh. not, not seven and eight. But, you know, I, I guess my question to you is, are, are, you, still, are you still following that formula or, or do you feel that next year – uh, your draft strategy is going to change and, and you feel that drafting a quarterback early uh, could be bit more beneficial than it has in years past? Yeah, it, it's really just going to depend on, on value, right? I mean, I think he, Josh Allen has proven that his third-round ADP was fine value. I think you can make that case for Mahomes too. But, I mean, Justin Herbert also had the fourth round. He didn't, pay, he didn't pay off. Lamar Jackson was going in the fifth round. Kyler Murray in the sixth. I guess that's fine. Jalen Hurts in the sixth was good. Uh, but, but there was plenty of value, too, right? Like, if you waited and took Joe Burrow, uh, again, he was also going in the sixth. That was fine. That was that was perfectly fine if you waited a little while. Uh, how about, you know, even Trevor Lawrence? He's providing borderline QB1 production to it. Tonga Viola missed some time, but otherwise he's been a mid-range QB1. Justin Fields was going in the 10th round. He's been obviously a superstar over the last month or so. I know he got off to the slow start. Uh, so there is some value all over the board. Uh, this year, yes, it worked out if you took uh, Allen or Mahomes and, and reached on it. That doesn't mean that's going to be the case in the future, and it certainly has not been the case in the past. Uh, you know, it, but again, it's just going to be kind of a, a, the story of which kind of guys kind of cement themselves as elite, right? If we go into next year and it's July, August, and we're just saying, you know what, we have Allen, we have Mahomes, and we have Hurts maybe, and then there's just so many question marks based on personnel moves, whatever it may be. Yeah, maybe then it makes sense to spend a late two on Allen. Maybe it does. But um, I think at the end of the day, once things settle in, we're going to find ourselves some value, and it might be worthwhile to spend on other positions. But, again, every, every year is different, and you, I would say you don't want to necessarily go into a season, especially this early, and say, all right, no matter what, I'm getting – I'm getting this guy, you know, because the league just always seems to yo-yo. All right, I want to thank Mike Clay for joining us here on Fantasy Forecast. Quick break, we come back, uh, we bring in Cynthia Freeland. So excited to get Cynthia on. We'll talk about some of the games uh, that she likes this week as well as fantasy football, so stay tuned for that. Anita Marks with you, Fantasy Forecast here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to Fantasy Forecast here on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you on this week 14 Sunday morning. And Cynthia Freeland joins us as always. Um, she typically, of course, joins me on Saturday for my uh, my Saturday afternoon show. And then, of course, I like to replay that segment for you as always. So let's listen in. Of course, uh, my first question to her was talking about the Jets and the Giants and their big games, both teams facing big-time opponents this week. Uh, the Jets in Buffalo. Buffalo favored by 10. The over-under was at 43. Is it 43? Uh Let's let, let's let's hit that first with Cynthia Freeland. Let's listen in. I mean, I actually think it's there's a lot of like it, it's kind of strange to say this, but it it feels like a much 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 different game. Not only are we missing you know some key players on both sides, not the least of which is like a different quarterback playing, but like completely different running back. No Von Miller. Like there's just so many like 
I understand it's a rematch, but I don't know. It's, it's just quite different in this one. So I do like a slower-paced game. I actually think that the Bills will need to emphasize a bit more of the run because the way that the Jets are able to bring pressure, especially only with four, that's a really, like, really hard thing for Josh Allen to do. So you've seen Josh Allen throw lots of interceptions this season, and they've turned the ball over, you know, as an offense way too much. So running the ball feels like a smart thing to at least try to do against this Jets front. So I'm with you. Run the ball. Both teams run the ball, run the ball, make sure that there's fewer possessions, meaning it's a, an, an under is a more likely outcome. Yeah, I, I really do like the under here a lot. As for the Giants, they are home dogs of seven. Home dogs have been dominating. Folks have been making money hand over fist uh, playing home dogs, but this is a unique animal, no pun intended, going up against the Philadelphia Eagles, arguably one of the best teams out there in the NFL. The over-under is at 45. No Leo Williams. He's expected out because of a neck issue. Saquon Barkley's been dealing with a neck issue, but Cynthia, he's been only averaging 3.3 yards per carry since week eight. So what, what do you see happening here? Do you have a play in this matchup against the Eagles? I think I like any over for Saquon Barkley you could come up with. I think that you know, I, I think a big game for him, actually, I know it's going to sound strange to say that because I'm not, I'm not disrespecting Philadelphia's defense at all. I just think this is a type of game where Brian Dayball, like, he has a lot of data points on this team. Like, he can figure it out. Like, this feels like a Saquon moment as long as he's healthy. Again, I don't have, like, the inside track as to just how bad the injury is on anything to do with that. But I think a big game for Saquon. In DFS, I love him. Lots of shares of him to have, like, a nice tournament play. Um, so I'm, I'm into that one for sure. Uh, I, 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 you know, what's funny is the last, it came up in like my memories or whatever on my phone. I was at that Giants game where Deshaun Jackson ran it back in the last second. I had to get in the car and Matthias had to drive me to JFK to fly back to, to, to Los Angeles. How funny is that? Anyway, that was a weird little memory. <laughs> so, and we didn't talk the whole time. Kiwanuka had to, after that loss, he had to drive me to JFK. Wow. I, I remember I was, I was actually, I was in the stadium. Um, I was getting no ready for, I was getting ready. I was working with Paul Dettino. We were hosting the, the post game show on, on the fan and, um, and you know, we had our notes, we were ready to go. I went to the bathroom. I got up. I was like, Hey Paul, I'm going to use the bathroom before we have to head down to do our, our post game show. And I get back and I look at Paul and I go, I said, Paul, what the happened? And he's like, I don't know, but this, this just, this doesn't feel good. Um, Oh my God, that was, it was, it was just, and, and if you recall, uh, Tom Coughlin the next day said that he went home and he, 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 he sat in a dark room with no light for like hours and just marinated on that loss. I'm like, wow, there's other things I would have done. Uh, but nonetheless, do you, think um, that do you think that's what the, do you think that's what the Raiders have been doing since Thursday? I mean, cause oh. that was, that was about it. It, it was, it was, it was, I mean, Josh's sphincter muscle was so tight. I just don't, I don't understand. You know, you've got Devontae Adams and it's not like Jalen Ramsey was, was all over him. I, I was at the stadium. There were a lot of, there were a, a lot of times where, where Devontae Adams was wide open and for whatever, whatever, only seven targets. You can, don't even, don't get me started. I mean, obviously I lost money on Thursday. So uh, let's talk about your Detroit Lions. Um, this is really interesting. The line movement here has been, uh, really, really interesting. Uh, it's at two now. I want to say when it opened up, right, the Detroit Lions were getting one and a half. Now they're favored by two against the Minnesota Vikings. I love Detroit here, um, and I'm scared about it. Also, I like the over here at 51 and a half. Uh, this is your team. You're from this area. Uh, how, how, are, how are you playing this matchup, Cynthia? I love 
I love my home state. I love the over. I I have Minnesota winning by one point. So, I mean, my, my goodness, like, I, it, the whole thing's a match for me. So, I, I look, I, I, you know, I put out all my – I put out all my scores every week. The thing I do feel confident in is I think it's like 28-27 is the most likely outcome, which means 55 points, which means for me, you got to remember, models tend to be quite conservative. So even like a half a point difference would be a lot. And this is like what? You said it was 51 and a half, so three and a half points over that. So a very strong over for the way that my models work. Um, I love the over, but again, I, I feel like because it's so close, it could be anyone's game, which does actually help kind of give you the the over as a good pick but i i would love the lions to win i just i i think it's probably one of those weird things where kirk cousins you know late game it's close he comes back and you know they've been winning these close one possession games this year so that's where they break your heart these motor city kiddies that i have been an unfortunate fan of for my whole life you know, i think the minnesota vikings have been one of the luckiest teams out there in the nfl teams have out out not outscored, but um, out and put up more yards uh, against them in games, but they yeah. end up in, but they end up with more points. It's they have to be the luckiest team. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking like this week their luck ends in the Motor City. We'll see. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals. Man, I hope you're right. I know you do. I know you do. Cynthia Freeland joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Of course, you can see her all over the NFL network all the time, and she does a phenomenal job. Um, Cincinnati favored by five and a half going up against the Browns. Um, Cincinnati, this offense has just been absolutely fantastic since week eight. Uh, They're scoring on more than 50% of their offensive possessions. Meanwhile, man, um, I said this on Daily Wager yesterday. I don't think there's enough WD-40 in the world uh, to wash away the rust that we see with Deshaun Watson. Um, And and I don't think think he's going to turn it around this week either. I think he's going to struggle. And I think he's going to get pressured by Cincinnati. I'll lay the points with Cincinnati. How are you playing this one? I'm with you. I think, look, what we saw last week, like even even a quarterback who had played last season would be rusty in this scenario. So, you know, this is a, this is a strange, that was a really weird game. That was a really ineffective, inefficient, inefficient team. And, and by the way, as much as I like Amari Cooper, who I do really like, when their second best guy is Donovan Peoples-Jones, like, this, that's, a hard, that's a hard task because their wide receiving core isn't really commanding any fear from opposing defensive backs, right? Like, Luana Rumo could figure this one out. So you saw the pressure last week, which is what I think was really – I mean, Trey Hendrickson finally looked a bit more like the guy we saw second half of last season. So I'm looking at this game, and, you know, while I have a lot of respect for the offensive line and Nick Chubb's contribution to the offense, I just don't think it's enough. And there's not enough big plays there for him to be able to take over and and turn it into a situation where – the defense is a record like it was last week. All right, two more games I want to tee up for you, and two pretty good good ones. Uh, you've got the Tampa Bay Bucks going up against the 49ers. The 49ers favored by three and a half at home with Purdy. Here's an interesting nugget. If you don't already know, you might already know. I don't know. You can share, uh, of course, later on uh, today on um, on on uh, on the NFL Network. So both Ryan Suckup and Purdy are Mister Irrelevant. So talk about you've got your field goal kicker uh, with, with the Tampa Bay Bucks and your starting quarterback with the 49ers. Talk about two guys that I think are going to be relevant in this matchup because I do believe that uh, this is going to be a low-scoring affair. The over-under is at 37. The 49ers at home with their third-string quarterback. Let's keep that in mind. Trey Lance was one. Jimmy Garoppolo was two. Uh, favored by three and a half against the Tampa Bay Bucks and Tom Brady. Do you have a play here? 
I, I think that the I, I think the Niners win this one, and I, I think I have like five or six points. I don't love that. I think I think that this one's a bit of a stay away for me, except for individual performances. Like I, I think that you're going to see a decent game from Christian McCaffrey. I don't have the specific numbers on him, but I, I think for fantasy purposes, I I really like his his chances in this one. Um, you know, look, I. <laughs> I, we saw something from Tom Brady last week that was very interesting, and that was, I think he was, and I don't have, again, unconfirmed, I was watching just like a regular, you know, I, I, I'm an analyst, but I, I was watching just like you, no one told me. But I think he kind of changed a bit of those plays at the end of the game there because they have been pretty conservative as play calling all season long with Byron Leftwich, and I think we saw Tom Brady come out there and, and, and call some audibles and figure some things out on his own. So that's where things get a little bit dicier for me. Like, I feel like too many people are on the side of the Niners, so... I feel like just like the, the sentiment-wise, like it's worth potentially considering the Bucks, but all of my models say Niners. I have the over, I have, I'm sorry, I have the under here at 37 on 58 yep. drives with Tom Brady. Only five times have they scored touchdowns, and now they're going up against one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the NFL. I think Bosa gets to Tom Brady as well. Last but not least, before we start talking fantasy, uh, big game Sunday night again at SoFi. Miami Dolphins, they stayed on the left coast because they horrible loss to the 49ers now have to take on the Chargers. Uh, Chargers home dogs at plus three and a half. I like Miami here. I'm going to buy the hook down to minus three, and you could get that at minus 124. So what does that mean? You're laying $124 down to win $100. The over-unders at 53 and a half. The Chargers defense is just god-awful. I think Miami rebounds after a really embarrassing loss to the 49ers. What's your thoughts? How is this game going to play out, Cynthia? Yeah, I'm with you. I think this is a really nice Miami. Like, uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting like matchup from who to play. <laughs> because you know you've seen like the first of all, the Chargers defense is making Houston's defense look like they can stop the run lately. I mean, and we all know if you play fantasy, you should target running backs against Houston's defense. But you know what? The Chargers have been even more targetable and even more susceptible to the run. So it's like, well, is it Jeff Wilson Jr. or Mostert? Like, can somebody give us like? How about not a committee of running backs? Let's just have one so I can play him in fantasy and be really happy about it. But, you know, I'm obviously very selfish. But I think at the end of the day, this is a nice situation for the Dolphins to kind of really solidify some things. And, you know, Justin Herbert's a great quarterback, but they're, they're surrounding him with enough on that O-line to be able to see what he's really into compared to and what he's really capable of compared to what we've seen in some prior games. So I, I think this is a nice opportunity. I think that front – low-key Melvin Ingram revenge game and you know there's there's lots of fun things that I you know fun storylines like that in this one but I, I think it's like a very solid Miami win like maybe 28 to 21. Again Cynthia Freeland joining us here on 90.7 ESPN as always before we let you go we talk about your fantasy football players that are flying a little bit low on the radar uh, that you're going to play whether it's in your own leagues or in DFS let's start with quarterbacks who do you like this week? I'm, I'm going back to the Jared Goff well again this week. Like mm-hmm. in DFS, he's, he's super underrated in DFS. He's like, I'm looking at, I'm just looking at a quick drafting like salary here, like six, you know, 500 fewer big dollars, you know, of your salary cap there between him and Kirk Cousins. And like, come on now, like they have almost the same sort of stat line projected. So, you know, either one of those, I have a good rating on Geno Smith as well. Uh, my model doesn't love Carolina's secondary, especially you know, with the mismatch with DK and with Tyler Lockett. So both of those have really, all three of those guys are really kind of standing out for me. And even Ryan Tannehill, if you, like, must. Uh, in regard to running backs, there's uh, a few with some big question marks. 
you know, obviously Walker expected out for uh, Seattle. Homer could be a sneaky good play. Uh, Mixon coming off of, of course, that concussion. I think he has a big game against Cleveland. Uh, who are some of the running backs you like? Yeah, I mean, in addition to those, I think that, like, look, we all kind of think that, I mean, Denver's missing every piece imaginable. So I think Isaiah Pacheco here is well-positioned to have an amazing game, like very nice upside here for him, especially with that game script being what it is. Um, I think you could look at Miles Sanders as well against the Giants. I think Philadelphia is going to want to run the football a little bit more, not just with Jalen Hurts. They've got to figure some things out with, you know, I think maybe people don't talk enough about how Miles Sanders is really helpful and, and really does actually do a lot for this team and gets good fantasy points. So I like that one too. And then I actually have both Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard in ranges where, I mean, Elliott's slightly cheaper in DFS platforms. I have a slightly higher projection for Pollard, but you could play either one of them and use them in your lineup, you know, in a, in a, they'd be great for a tournament format for sure. Wide receiver, uh, Cortland Sutton expected out. So um, Jerry Judy, I think, could be a sneaky good play this week as well. Who do you like wide receiver-wise? You know, it's funny. I still like, like, I think Garrett Wilson here. I know that that's not a sneaky play at all because he's a bona fide number one. But because of Garrett Wilson, you know who else has a high projection for me that is a total sleeper? is actually Elijah Moore. You know, I know we saw it with Corey Davis as the subject of some targets last week against Minnesota, or last week for them. But I, Elijah Moore, he, he pops up for me as someone who could be one of those people in this game who, who matters a lot. And then I actually have a pretty decent rating on LaVisca Chenault, which kind of came out of nowhere against Seattle in a game that I expect to have a little bit more passing than people anticipate. And last but not least, let's talk tight ends. Who do you got? That's where that no Portland Sutton thing shows up for me with Greg Dolchich. That's a nice pick in that one. And then I'm not going to pretend that I know how to say his name well, but Chig Okwanku, I can't say his full name, but Chig, he's the tight end for the Tennessee Titans. You've seen some injuries there. Obviously, they have some other people too, but I, I think he's a great pick. Okay, I want to thank Cynthia Freeland for joining us here on Fantasy Forecast. Um, as always, always great having her on. Uh, throughout the week uh, here on 98.7 ESPN. Quick break. We come back. Some final thoughts from me. What are some of the players that I'm looking that I'm absolutely going to be playing in fantasy, that I'm absolutely going to be playing in DFS? Um, I'll share that with you next when we get back right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to Fantasy Forecast here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, some final thoughts before I sign off, and I hand the baton over to Larry Hardesty, uh, and him and, of course, Matthias Kiwanuka will take it over for New York Game Day. Mike Tannenbaum will join them at 10 o'clock. We still have, of course, Rich Samini joining us to talk about the Jets, Jordan Renan to talk about the Giants. So um, in regard to fantasy, what are some of the quarterbacks uh, that I'm looking at that I like? Geno Smith against Carolina. Absolutely. I love Kirk Cousins as well as Goff. You've got Detroit going up against Minnesota. Love the over in that play. Where, what does that stand at right now? I want to look at that. Uh, because I, I love that matchup. Over 51 and a half. I love the over in that matchup. I think Minnesota Vikings are giving up the most passing yards to opposing quarterbacks this season. So really love golf. If he's available on your waiver wire, I would pick him up. He's a top five quarterback, in my opinion, this week. Um, Dak Prescott going up against the Houston Texans. Dak Prescott and that, 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 that Dallas uh, offense has been so prolific, so explosive. 
since he's returned. So that's a fantastic matchup. Um, also, Trevor Lawrence, he's dealing with a toe issue, but everything that I'm hearing is that he's going to play, and if he does, he's got a favorable matchup going up against the Tennessee Titans. Um, in regard to running backs, both Dallas Cowboy running backs against Houston. Houston, one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL. In fact, one of my favorite prop bets today is Tony Pollard scoring an anytime touchdown. He's got eight touchdowns his last five games. Um, so that's great stuff. Both Swift and Jamal Williams going up against Minnesota. I think they're going to have a big day. Foreman against Seattle should be um, a great start. Like I said, Joe Mixon expecting him to come off of concussion protocol and play against Cleveland. Cleveland is giving up the most fantasy football points to opposing running backs this season, which is tremendous. So you got to like that. In regard to wide receivers, uh, like I said, if Geno Smith is going to have a big day, so is Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf against Carolina. Um, I love me some Tyreek Hill against the Chargers. The Chargers, bottom five in the NFL in missed tackles. So, um, or I should say, right, top five in the NFL in missed tackles. So I, I think Hill and Waddle should have a huge, huge day. Um, also, Tyreek Hill, I want to say over seven and a half receptions. And so I, I see him hitting that. I, I can see him walking away with like nine or ten receptions on Sunday night. Um, St. Brown, like I said, I love golf. Who does he go to? St. Brown, St. Brown, uh, Minnesota, again, giving the most receiving yards to opposing wide receivers as well as most passing yards to quarterbacks. Jerry Judy, we talked about that earlier in the show against Kansas City. Um, you've got uh, Philadelphia, A.J. Brown scoring an anytime touchdown against the Giants. As we know, their secondary has been uh, pretty pretty banged up. Um, what else? How about... Uh, Oh, Christian Kirk uh, going up against Tennessee. Tennessee has allowed the most receiving touchdowns to opposing wide receivers. So I do like Kirk and Zay Jones, and I'm going to play both of them to score a touchdown uh, from, uh, tr- from Trevor Lawrence this week. Um, who am I going to fade? Let's talk about who I'm going to fade this week. Not going to play Tom Brady against the 49ers. Get this, Tom Brady in the, 40, in, in, in the Tampa Bay Bucks in 58 offensive possessions have only scored five touchdowns. Marinating that for a minute. Um, McCaffrey against the Bucks. That's going to be tough sledding. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying bench. I'm not saying bench Christian McCaffrey, but just eyes wide open. Uh, have realistic expectations. It's going to be a, a, a difficult matchup against the Bucks. But here's the thing: C-Mac, he gets a lot of volume, which is awesome. Um, Cooper Cup. Um, Going up against Cincinnati, Cincinnati giving up the fewest receiving yards to opposing wide receivers. And, uh, and Keenan Allen um, going up against Miami. So uh, they've allowed only one, Miami, the Dolphins have only allowed one receiving touchdown to opposing number one wide receivers this year in the NFL. So a, a few guys, again, I'm not telling you to bench, but I'm just telling you, uh, some guys that, that I'm going to fade, especially if you're thinking about playing some prop bets. So anyway, this sums up the show. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.